Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson, Jason Bull, and Cody Spears. Going through week seven in the NFL. Kicks off Thursday night with the Jaguars and Saints all the way through Monday with the Vikings and 49ers at U.S. Bank Stadium. We want to go over some of the five and one teams in the league so far to date. Uh, What do we got? The Eagles, the Dolphins, the 49ers, Lions, and Chiefs. Talk about which ones are fraudulent, which ones are legitimate, who we expect in the Super Bowl, who won't get to the Super Bowl. And we might get into some Denver Broncos chat. Uh, Jason Bowen is a diehard, lifelong Denver Broncos fans, and they have irritated him to all hell for about eight years now, uh, but especially this week. First, Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all of your baseball wagering information. With up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time, real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. They have everything you need to stay up to speed on baseball's LCS all the way to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on this action. And don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, believe BLEAV. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free money. That's what we call it. Bet online where the game starts. It's the trend zone and it is week seven. The the NFL is in full force and we're going to talk about some five and one teams. And then I believe get into some Denver Broncos slander and analysis because they're one in five and a dieharder on the show. I think he wants to vent. So I think we're going to have, <laughs> we're going to have time to get to that. But right now, the Miami Dolphins are five and one. The Chiefs are five and one. So are the Eagles, the Lions, and the 49ers. Uh, this was your idea for the topic, Cody. So I don't know if you if you plan to run down all of these teams or tell us why one isn't going to quite get to February football. Um, but this is your forum, and we shall piggyback off of your takes. Sweet. Well, um, the out, out of the five and one teams, obviously they're all five and one. So it's really hard to pick apart these teams at this point of the year. But with the conclusion of week six, we did see some weaknesses in the 49ers and Eagles. Uh, at this point, we've seen a couple weaknesses from Kansas City, which to Pat Mahomes' credit, I mean, he really does cover up a bunch of warts because mm-hmm. their skill position room right now. I mean, you think if you could just get him a little bit of legitimate help, what, what could their ceiling truly be? Because he's playing with kind of an empty cupboard right here. And, you know, I might have a guy on our um, fantasy football sleepers later that can help with <laughs> Pat Mahomes. But for me personally, right now, I used to not like Alabama, and then it was hard to root against them because it's like, well, it's great. Same with the Patriots. It's hard to root against Pat Mahomes, but with everything hinging on the golden arm. And I mean, like I said, it's hard to pick apart these teams, but Kansas city and the Eagles, I have a hard time seeing a rematch coming up here. Um, We did see Brock Purdy just have his first worst game as a 49er. Of course, it's going to be right whenever I start to come around and I'm like, you know, maybe Brock Purdy's legit. Like he Mm -hmm. might be the real deal. And then he goes and posts a stinker like that one. Um, It's probably just a Cleveland Browns defense though. 
like I said, it's hard to pick a team. I think they all can go to the Super Bowl. But for me, it has to be Kansas City, who I doubt the most. Uh, I got to trust that the Eagles are going to get it right. I do kind of have some doubts on their offensive coordinator. Um, I think Shane Steichen is leaving a huge hole in Philadelphia, and we've been seeing it get exposed so far. So I'm going to take a double on this one. Kansas City and the Eagles, it ain't happening again. Not this year. The Eagles, we've hinted for weeks that there's something not quite right about them. And it's probably what you mentioned about the exodus of their offensive coordinator. And every time they win, it's kind of like, uh, all right, survive in advance. We're undefeated. And they didn't get away with that against the Jets defense. And I guess Zach Wilson to an extent. So it's weird that the two teams that were kind of one and two heading into the season power rankings um, for Cody, at least, are probably on the lower end of the ladder to return to the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to upend the Chiefs out of curiosity? Because it seems like the picking against Mahomes would be a, a weird strategy here, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that uh, this battle in Germany coming up between the mm-hmm. Dolphins and the Chiefs is going to be maybe an AFC championship preview. And that's with me counting out the teams that aren't 5-1, and one, like the Bills yeah. mm-hmm. and, that are always there and – the Bengals look like they're starting to ramp things up as well. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got a lot of ramping to do because they they dug themselves a nice little hole. And normally that would be fine. Oh, yeah, the, they'll come roaring back. But the AFC is so crowded that you can only get away with saying that shit for so long before you get too far behind. That, that whole division, I think, is within one win of each other. Yeah, and we knew that was going to happen, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was all looking at it today and I was like, damn, this is right on course, even though it feels like the sky is falling for all four of those teams at least once this year. Yeah, I've told Wes uh, for since I've known him pretty much that, especially since Stefanski is the Browns coach, that anytime there is a d- division game from that division, AFC North, it's it's not quite must-see television, but you're guaranteed a good game. Whereas every other division has its asshole team and then has its elite team. So you're going to get some parody. But with that division, it's always like you can pair any of them like a round robin. And you're like, oh, boy, Steelers and Browns this week. Every game is either a you know a grudge match or a, it's going to be good. Uh, let's see. Where was I? Oh, on Brock Purdy. Um, so I think I'm tired of me personally selling him short because every time I see his highlights or I pull up numbers, I'm like, Jesus, God, this guy's good. But what I was talking with, with Josh Fry today on the Viking show is, do we think he'd be badass if you dropped him on the Cardinals? Or no. do, we, do we think he'd just be a guy? If he was uh, if, he, if he was on the Broncos, Jason, would he be badass? Or would he just be no, a guy? No, <laughs> he wouldn't be badass. He, Caleb Williams wouldn't be badass on the, with the Broncos. Nobody is badass with the Broncos. We're going to get I mean, to this. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, he, uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy right is has to be the best coach uh in the league mm-hmm. I, I mean off certainly offensively right yeah. i mean there's nobody that i mean maybe mcveigh comes close mike, mike mcdaniel is oh yeah mcdaniel but but you know mcdaniel's is doing a fantastic job obviously with the talent that he has down there so yeah he is very innovative himself but but shanahan though because i mean oh my god he's been doing it and oof, it's it is still so hard for me to believe that all those guys were on the Wash, uh, Washington Redskins <laughs> circa 2013. That is so mystifying to me. If on a, Brock a horrible Purdy, team, no less. Horrible team. Mm-hmm. If Brock Purdy were to uh, miss extended time, do you think the 49ers would really tra- take a step back with Sam Darnold starting games? No. Think, uh, they would stay on course. They'd stay right on course. And I'm you telling get, you, you get Sam Darnold in there. You get Sam Darnold in there. He would look exactly like the draft. <laughs> 
stock that he was drafted at. Exactly like it. Every young quarterback coming out should get at least, at least six months under Kyle Shanahan's tutelage. <laughs> yeah, the new QB school. Exactly. Yes. You put McVay, uh, McDaniel, and Shanahan. You can even throw Andy Reid in there as the, like kind of the elder statesman. Those four guys should have a quarterback school and, and for that matter, a coaching school. Because the rest of the league has no idea what they're doing. It's funny. So what because- happened? Mm-hmm. What happened with Trey Lance? We got one, two, <laughs> three first round picks invested in this fool. What happened with Trey Lance? Oh, Trey, well, Trey Lance see. didn't play. Like- Trey Lance hasn't played since 2018, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> but this quarterback guru, plug plug and play any any quarterback into his system didn't work. <laughs> right, yeah. the, the players have some factor in, in the matter as well. The players have to have some factor in the matter. Trey Lance, like you said, he hadn't played quarterback since 2018 or whatever year it was. He's got something like 450 snaps at quarterback in his career. High school, college, pro. (laughs) I was going to say high school included. You'd have to throw junior high in there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, It is weird, uh, even with the Lance thing, it is weird that the 49ers, we've said this on the show too before, it's like the only team that you can say, oh, Darnold's starting cool. They'll win this game. If I could tell you right now, <laughs> Sam, Sam Darnold is going to step up and take over for Kirk Cousins for a week, we'd be like, oh, God, no. Yeah, don't kid. On any other team. Or like Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall, Vikings backup quarterbacks. If they're going to go be QB1 for the Niners for a week, we're like, oh, sweet. I bet you Jaron Hall just balls out. Yeah, and but then- Nick Mullins has won a QB as QB1 for Yes, yeah, he has. Point. And because yeah. of that, Literally the rest does. of the league is talking about potentially grabbing Mullins. <laughs> Yeah, I need to pick him up. It's so it's so weird how that is the one system in the NFL where if if Brock Hurdy gets hurt against the Vikings and Sam Darnold comes in, we're not going to be like, Whoo, all right, we're going to go on cruise control, baby. We're going to be like, oh, <laughs> what, what sweet hell is Sam Darnold have in store for us? That's how exactly how we're going to yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. so Cody has taken the Chiefs and the Eagles, two, two surprise picks right off the board. Jason of the five and one teams. Let's see. I'll reiterate them here. If I can find them real quick, the the Lions, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Eagles and the 49ers, which one or two, I guess, do you not foresee quite getting to the promised land? Um, I don't really have I you know, I don't have to. I'm still pretty high on on Philadelphia. Granted, I haven't watched too much of the, their their action this year, but uh but they're still winning the games. They, they lose to the Jets. Yeah, but they make a Broncos fan think, well, God, they, the Jets are a good team. So, you know, I'm, it's okay we lost to them. No, I, I don't really have – because yeah, you guys have both uh, – Dustin, you've said it. I can't bet against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The, the Dolphins, perhaps, as the season grows on and it gets colder, um, I'm still thinking that they're going to slow down, at least – God almighty, they should. Otherwise, they're going to probably top the 2013 Broncos, won't they? Are they on pace yeah, for that? No, they're they're on pace to top everybody. No, no Yeah, I know, but that no, 2013 I mean, like the Broncos, Broncos are, honestly. yeah, they're already ahead of the Broncos on all the pace lists. They're ahead of the Rams, the Broncos, the Patriots. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they're, they're going to they're gonna do that for, yep. for sure. I, but I do know who I like the most out of those teams. Are we saying that? Yeah, go ahead. The Lions. The Lions <laughs> are an exceptional football team to watch. Um, I don't know. I, I've had the privilege of watching a couple of their games this year. And 
very impressive. At least I was on both sides of the ball. Special teams, all three sides of the ball. Special teams, offense, defense. They make football look exactly how it should. And Jared Goff is playing, um, honestly, like MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's another thing I was going to say. Instead of saying Geno Smith at the beginning of this year, I, I should have said Jared Goff <laughs> for, for potential MVP because you're absolutely right. So I did not pick the Lions for this. I wanted to, but I figured most of you would, but it appears I might be wrong here. Um, so I, I want to do two. I'm going to do the Eagles as well because of the speech I already gave that I I think we all, not me, but we all as a society want Jalen Hurts to be Q, an elite in the top five. And I don't think he's quite there. I think he has a wonderful offensive line, wonderful defensive trenches, wonderful wide receivers. And I think he's really good. But I don't know that every time I watch him, I, I'm kind of left with the same thing. I'm like, this guy's mm-hmm. good, but not like not even like Josh Allen good yet. I just think he's good. Yep. And so I, I do believe in the Super Bowl runner up hangover. I think that will affect them. I think the Niners execute. You know, I know the Niners execute better than them so far this year. And then the only thing I want to point out, I don't want to rain on anybody's Dolphins parade, but I don't want you guys going looking at their defensive numbers because it'll kind of throw you off course. They rank 27th defensively per DVOA right now. And you don't usually get to the Super Bowl with that type of defense. <laughs> it's going to catch up with you. Uh, now, the season is still young. We're only in week seven, so it can get better. The Chiefs have made a like a last half decade of getting slow starts on defense and then getting decent by the time when it counts and matters. But right now, the, the Dolphins defense is not where it needs to be to be in the conversation with the 49ers, if you will, or at least the Super Bowl conversation. They're certainly going to be there in the playoffs and make some noise. Uh, but we've talked about them, whether it's the cold weather or big, big game opponents like the Bills just punched them in the mouth. Was that two weeks ago? And yeah, I'm worried about the Dolphins defense. I think it gets gets glossed over because we're so excited about 70 burgers and Mike mm-hmm. McDaniel's cool press conferences, rightfully so. So right now, I'd say the Eagles, I don't think the Eagles are getting back to the Super Bowl. I'll just say that right now. I wouldn't even surprise me if they lose in the divisional round. And then I got to see the Dolphins defense grow. And uh, kudos to me for not selling the Lions short, because usually that's what I do. But I'm starting to learn my lesson. Yeah, and that defense might get to turn around because they're getting Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Phillips back. They're two best defensive players. That's what they that's what they Bingo. need. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Yeah. I'm gonna ring this Miami <laughs> Bell as it's my turn to chime All in. All right, here. let's do it. Um so I, I heard a little bit of concern about, you know, they they won't be able to try travel and play, you know, in, in colder weather. That's not gonna be a problem this year, fellas. It's <laughs> not gonna be a problem. Uh, they have a Thanksgiving Day game at New York Jets, and then after that, they don't have to travel past Baltimore until the uh, they they go uh they go on their bye week. It looks like then they um actually no the bye week is before that, but uh so they they face the the Jets in New York, then they go to the Washington Commanders the following week. And then this is how they uh, finish the year at home against the Titans at home against the Jets at home against the Cowboys. They travel to Baltimore and then at home against the Bills. I mean, they, all those games are at the five out of their six last games are at home. Uh, four out of the last five are at home. Four out of the last yep. five. Jeez. Yeah, that's that is, you're right. And I mean, 
to to be real about it though, their home field advantage is in the summer or in you know September October when that sun is blaring. Uh, mm-hmm. Dustin and I can attest to being at the game last year like that. The opposing team is on the unshaded side of the field, and that sun is just blasting down on you all game. Um, but with them not having to travel, I think that'll benefit them as well. Uh, this next three weeks uh, will be telling for them. They face the Eagles on Sunday Night Football this week, and then uh, the aforementioned uh, Germany series uh, against the Chiefs uh, with the Patriots tucked in the middle there. Um, with that said, let's get back on topic here. Uh, I have uh, Detroit as a fraudulent team here. I, I think they're getting by with um, kind of a, a cupcake schedule to to start. Um, I don't believe in their win over Kansas City in week one. I, I think that they caught a Kansas City team that was planning to involve and scheme uh, Travis Kelsey into their their game plan a lot. And then two days before the game, they lost him. Uh, I think that played huge, a huge role in, in the outcome of that game, which Kansas City barely lost. Uh, and then my other fraudulent team is Kansas City. I mean, they they need to get another component to help complement Travis Kelsey. I don't believe Miko Hardman is that component. Um, yes, he has familiarity in the system, but they really should be going out and trying to get a Mike Evans, um, somebody who's not happy in their current role. Marquise their, Brown, please Jerry Judy. do this Marquise for me. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Judy, yeah. Um, but I think they need that. Uh, they do have the defense that should be able to prop them up in the playoffs, but I just I worry about um, the offensive side of the ball. Even, even though it's Mahomes, I, I I just don't know if they have enough to get it done against these upper echelon teams. I got to ask you guys, how could they get away with it last year then? Because Juju was there. Was that the difference maker? I don't know. I, I don't know what it was about last year, but it it just seemed a little more cohesive. Uh, Guys, and- we're having the same conversation about the Chiefs. Oh, wait, well, we had about the Patriots for many, <laughs> many years. Uh, that, well, I guess the uh, lack of cohesion would probably be no enemy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That too. That's the only act. That's uh, the only. It'd be more likely that it was enemy than Juju Smith-Schuster. That made right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Rashi Rice, he has been coming on the last few weeks. So, um, you know, maybe he can emerge as one of the go to guys for. What about Tony? Him. What are you guys' and thoughts then, on Tony? Gad, uh, gadget <laughs> perimeter player in the yeah. backfield. I mean, he is uh, not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs> the biggest, That's the exactly bi- why I got him on my fantasy team. The biggest, uh, <laughs> the biggest problem for the chiefs is that they have like six of the same receiver, at least in terms of talent level. And we keep thinking that Raji or which was it, which Justin, Justin Watson, Watson, one of them will emerge. Maybe they will. And then they, okay. By the way, they went and got Nicole Hardman back. Uh, they just have, I think I said, did I say this last week? They have the New York giants receivers 
That's it. I was just going to say that. Yep. But nobody cares because it's Mahomes throwing it to him, and rightfully so. So uh, they they really they did this to themselves when they traded Tyreek Hill, and then boom, they won a Super Bowl. So I don't think anybody's crying too hard about it. But there's like Wes said, something different about you know if you have six guys who are all C plus wide receivers or B minus on good Sundays. Um, you would think that eventually you'll catch up with them, but I keep thinking back to that last year that it didn't matter in the end. Eventually, it was just enough of the Kelsey show, and they got rid of Tyreek so they could have a defense, and they do. Uh, the defense is pretty damn good. Uh, I think it – I'm trying to figure out – I, I have to pull it up where they are. I think they're a top 10 – yeah, DVOA right here. They're top – they're ranked number ninth in defense, so – this is uh, my uncle is a diehard Chiefs fan, and whenever I message him something, he always sends in capital leverage defense, you know, because it's been a while since they could hang their hat on that because uh, they've always had to pay Tyreek so much. And then the Mahomes contract kicked in not long ago. So, so yeah, um, I'm, re- I'm, I'm really surprised that the Chiefs were the one that, <laughs> on this episode that we're a little nervous about. It seems like they've earned it. One more note on Rasheed Rice that I have here. Most fantasy points per route run in Kansas City and his snaps are ramping up. So I do think that if if they're going to provide a new element to this offense, it has to be through Rasheed Rice. Okay. Just uh, a couple on with what Wes said. And then you think um, McCole Hardman is just a, a guy returning? Uh, he's going to join the cardio club with Sky Moore and just uh, be where he needs to be, kind of like what Sky is doing. Probably not get very many targets. Okay, I'm thinking Kadarius Tony. Them getting um, McCole Hardman is an indictment on Kadarius Tony in my mind. Gotcha. Uh, well, I had this DVOA pulled up. If you gentlemen care for Thursday night football, the Saints and the Jaguars ha- both have top ten defenses. So um, I don't I don't know what the over under is. Probably about. 41 42 but that should be a defensive fest unless they decide to shed their typical tendencies note to fantasy football players and betters um but we're going to spend the next 15 minutes on the denver broncos uh because they are curiously one in five and uh the sean payton experiment is taking a while to get going and now it sounds like we're pivoting to the sean payton experiment but now it's the caleb williams sweepstakes so what are we doing here, Jason? I'm excited to hear this rant. Well, I mean, there's you mentioned it a little bit earlier in this show. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think God and and I hate to and I hate to admit this, but in you guys, I it's not just Broncos fans though either, because I know that you guys have said it before, and I certainly know that the national media has said it a time or two as well. I think, I, I think. We've vastly overestimated this collection of players. I I honestly, I'm really starting to come to terms with that. Um, I don't think that any of them are good. (laughs) I I just don't think that they are. Um, You're blaming coaches and and rightfully so and quarterbacks and blaming everything. And I I don't know. I I think that the collection of players that Denver has – they, it, they're never, ever going to win. They've lost so much together that I don't doubt that any one of these guys, if they got fresh starts elsewhere, would be productive, very valid contributors to whatever team they go to. And I think that they deserve it. But I think collectively they can't. They, it, there's nothing that can be done. It doesn't matter who comes in and coaches. It doesn't matter who quarterbacks. It doesn't matter if Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid walked in there. <laughs> I don't think that they could do it. I th- and because here's the problem that they run into is that yeah, 
they have to have the same mindset that us as fans do at this point in time, right? You have one thing that goes wrong. The rest of the team, no matter who makes the mistake, the rest of the team has to be thinking to themselves, oh my God, are you kidding me? Uh, a 65-yard touchdown run called back holding Garrett Bowles. <laughs> what is the rest of the team thinking? Or, you know, anything, pass, offensive pass interference, Jerry Judy, anything, the rest of the team probably has to be thinking, oh, here we go again. And they talk themselves and think themselves in to, oh, God, now I can't really can't mess up. Otherwise, we're going to lose again. And when you're playing like that, it's it's just impossible. It has to be what's going on there. More, I mean, a mental thing. I don't know. Just like Garrett Bull said after that one game, man, I've been here for seven years. All I've done is lost. He's supposed to be a leader on that team. <laughs> but he's defeated. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. There's nothing to say about it, really. Um, you know, they, I don't even think they've won at home in two years. I, he's talking about home field advantage earlier on in the show. You used to go. People used to hate going to Denver. Hate it. Um, oh, yeah. The altitude was there. It was loud. Oh, you know what? I, I don't know if I told you guys this. So we were out at the game. Uh, second game of the season. Oh man, I was excited. Man, we were up twenty-one to three. Oh God, things were rolling good, and things are. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing happened, and I already knew, and the whole stadium also knew. Meaning the players also knew exactly what was going to happen, and it happened. It just like that, it happened. And it's funny because before we even lost the lead, I go out to the concessions, going to grab grab some food, and you know, you go to U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, you guys are obviously very familiar, probably familiar with a lot of stadiums in the league. You leave your seat to go to the bathroom or to the concession stand. There are monitors everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to miss a play of the game when you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not in Denver. In Denver, there's monitors, but other games are on. <laughs> it was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. The stadium is eerily quiet. Even when Denver was doing good, it was weird. And then we went to Kansas City a few weeks later, and it, oh my God, it, could, it couldn't even hear. It's sad times at Denver, gentlemen. Sad, sad times. I, it, the Waltons might move that team. <laughs> move them? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, I, there's, I don't know. what you, you need to replace the entire roster. Yeah. Everybody needs to go. I'd rather see, I would rather watch the Buffaloes, Colorado Buffaloes come in there and lose. Uh, anybody else but the guys that I've had to watch for the last six, seven years, they need to go. And then, and then, but then, then Cortland Sutton, like, will make that like an incredible catch, just like he did at the end of this last game. And then that'll be the, that'll be it. And then everybody would talk. See, he's good, right? Think how good he is. They don't even mention the fact that, and they, they blame Russell Wilson's fumble at the end of the last game against the Jets that costed them the game, which it did. Nobody shows you what Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton did on that on that play. They ran eight yards out and ran into each other. <laughs> it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You just ran right into each other. Gobble it. They don't know what they're doing. So do you keep Sertan and Sean Payton and then just start fresh? I, I keep Sertan, Payton. I keep Jaleel McLaughlin. I like him. I, I'd keep uh, Nick Benito. Uh, has been Nick Benito. I, yeah, I keep Benito. I, I keep Mims. Me. Keep yeah. uh, Marvin Mims. And, uh, you know, that's God, that's really just about uh, Jonathan Cooper. I'd hang on to yeah. anybody that wasn't taken. 
the Patrick Sertan draft and forward. You mm-hmm. can keep those guys. Okay. And that's pretty much what would happen if they embark on a full rebuild. Um, and they need to do it. They yeah. absolutely need to do it. And I don't know. And I figured that that would have already started by now. But Well, it, it probably has- is once they hit the reality that they're one in five. And I think Sean Payton said today that the Lions last year gives them inspiration. Um, but if it quickly realized it's not going to turn into that and they're like one in seven or one in eight, then um, I don't I, I really don't know if George Payton does anything or if it's the Sean Payton show. I think that you would have to. I don't know if Payton has the security for a full rebuild. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, there's a lot of talks about him maybe not being around either, but yeah. it's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, you brought in coaches, and we, for the longest time, they had no leadership. And this group of guys had been governed by a, a leadership-less group with a coach that really didn't answer to anybody. We thought he had to answer to John Elway. Then we find out later that John Elway wasn't the one calling all the shots behind the doors, behind the scenes either. So I couldn't imagine how dysfunctional it was for so long. And then this whole group is still there yeah, for the most part. So mm-hmm. they just need to all go and get their own separate ways. I'll still cheer for the guys. I love, love watching them, but collectively it's impossible for them to win together. Then Sean Payton comes in. They're worse than they were last year. <laughs> Cody. Uh, so with, with the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, I've been keeping a John Desai on this because of the Vikings, of course, at two and or nothing right home about you pretty much need if you're a team like the Vikings or the the Broncos <clears throat> you need like the Giants to get the first overall pick because I don't think the Bears are going to bungle this and not draft draft Williams I think every bad team right now maybe excluding the Cardinals who might stick with Kyler Murray all of these teams that have poor records are going to take Caleb Williams uh so do you think that the Broncos will be a realistic player within the next, I guess, uh, six months for Caleb Williams? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. maybe. I'm not even counting names in my head. I'm just taking a guess here. There's maybe eight teams, maybe 10 teams, somewhere around that, that would not take Caleb Williams yeah. if presented with the opportunity. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I mean, yeah. I mean, you just got a couple of rookie contract. With the opportunity, I mean, Kyler's like maybe kind of safe, and I'm putting Bryce Young below Kyler. Like, if if obviously the Panthers won't be able to do it, but if they were sitting here looking at Caleb Williams with their winless record and they still had their first rounder, I think we're sitting here saying, "Hey, they're going to take Caleb Williams, even though they just took Bryce Young." Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think everybody's in the market, without a doubt. It's the next big deal, which I don't know. I don't know yet how I feel about Caleb Williams. I haven't like really dove in or anything. Won't until after this season, but there's definitely a lot of quarterbacks for teams. There's going to be a lot of dudes who are out of jobs because clearly right now, I don't know why they're talking about doing an expansion in the league, adding more teams. Cause as it is, there's about 14 dudes on the planet who could be an NFL quarterback and we can't find any more right now. <laughs> West I trade my entire draft for him. <laughs> it's like my dick. It still probably wouldn't be enough. I mean, you would yeah. probably need to do that again. Two years, at least. Yeah. Yeah. West, West, we might see unprecedented player movement for the trade deadline as teams softly tank because you can't just unabashedly do it. Otherwise, it's illegal to tank in the NFL. They'll just fucking take the pick away from you if they figure out you're doing it. So it it's... has to be a soft tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but West, 
Can you give me, so on Cody's theory, I'm assuming you agree with it, that even teams with somewhat established quarterbacks would take Caleb, Caleb Williams anyway. Can you give me an example of a team like that, Wes? That's like, they already got a quarterback, but they take Caleb anyway. Uh, I mean, on the spot saints. <laughs> yeah. I mean, saints, obvious, uh, Raiders. That'd be an, another obvious one. Uh, I'm trying to think of teams that have money committed to, you know, this year and, you know, future years mm-hmm. with a quarterback, um, New England, obviously would be another one. Do you think the Colts would do it? Uh, I don't think the Colts would do it. Do you think a team like the Chargers would move Herbert and do it? Because after this year, you got to think, you know, especially if they don't make the playoffs, you don't think anything like that would ever happen. They're like, the ownership's like, Hey, you know what? We're not going to win with this guy. I already know it. Let's move him. Nope. Now you hope Caleb Williams could be Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much I'll, I'll go, I'm going to just rattle off all of the teams that are under 500 that aren't really the the Chargers because they're probably going to not be in the top five. New England Patriots, Tennessee Titans, yep, uh, Denver Broncos, yep, Washington Commanders are three and three. New York Giants one and five. That's a good litmus test right there. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, who will have two picks. I won't even mention the Panthers because they don't have their pick. The Saints are three and three. The Falcons are three and three. The Buccaneers are three and two. And then the Seahawks are three and two. The Rams are three and three. And the Cardinals are one and five. I think the Giants are the most interesting one. Every single one of those teams, except for the maybe the Cardinals, should not only take Caleb Williams, but they mm-hmm. should also take Drake May. Yeah. And yeah. and. Kyler is like right around that level. If Kyler shows an inkling of what he was, he's the cutoff line. I'd take Kyler just as high as I'd take the other two. People freaking sleeping on what Kyler was. What about, is there, Wes, is there any way that Ryan Poles or the Bears would hoodwink themselves into keeping Justin Fields? Because the the Bears are probably going to have the first pick. Uh, Possibly. Absolutely. Really? malfeasance yeah i mean uh, if he comes back from this dislocated thumb and performs well they they just might that's what we're rooting for is justin fields to put out just enough tape to convince these qb starved bears that we finally got it right that is all they did broncos tape cody (laughs) but don't get me wrong he only completed one pass Don't get me wrong. The players that they will take will probably be amazing. They'll probably take a Hall of Fame defensive lineman or something like that, linebacker. But that's what we're hoping for. With me personally, is watching the Bears season, Justin Fields, every time he has a good game, I'm like, yes, just a little bit more to convince them. Because what they can do, realistically, they're going to have probably the first pick, maybe even the second or third. If they like fields, oh, they can trade for so much draft capital for teams that want Caleb Williams and Drake May. Oh, they can have a full cupboard if they want it. That would be two years in a row that they did that. Yeah, that's That's what they should do. They did it. They did it. They're they're tanking for picks, not players. They did it marvelously last year. And then they'll have a chance to do it at the top of the draft board twice if they love fields. And at the very least. If you have to repeat this year again and find yourself in the shoes to where you're not, you don't have a quarterback for this roster. Mm-hmm. Talk about the super team you'd have for the quarterback you do eventually pick yeah. two years from now. So yeah, yeah you're definitely. talking about 
by the time it's all said and done, if 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 they flip their high picks for suitors for May and Williams, you're talking about probably an extra four first rounders on top of what you organically have, mm-hmm. extra second rounders, probably some change, whether it's third and fourth. Um, and, but it all it all comes down to whether or not they're dumb enough to stick with Fields. Yep. And they would know they would have the conclusion whether Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback or not. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, as you just laid it out, that seems like it's exactly what they need to do. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, it's going to be a race. It's going to be a race to the when we're doing this show like two months from tonight or like 10 weeks from tonight. It's going to be a race to the bottom to figure out just who in the hell gets that pick, especially if there's like three teams going into week 18 that are three and 13 or something like that. It's going to be like so much suspense on who loses because it, yeah, it, it, changes, right. it changes everything. And usually you're, you're playing to win and strive for something. If you're a fan of the, the Broncos or the Patriots and your team sucks and they do some shit like win in week 18 and fuck themselves out of the <laughs> Caleb Williams sweepstakes, you're going to, I mean, it's going to be, oh, no, they will. They will. <laughs> they're going to break your television. Yeah, this has to be the most open face um, tank talk of a season that I've seen so yeah. far. Yep. Well, and Sean Payton predicted it actually on air last year. And they'll, on top of it, all, make a role for this sometime in the future. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's a lottery rate. like the NBA. I always think that's pretty cool. If, if, if you want to combat tanking, which is somewhat rampant in the NBA. And then on top of that, it's like probably by the time we get into a hardcore draft lead up, we're talking about maybe six, seven, eight quarterbacks going in the first round. Um, you know, based on how many of these dudes nope. and and all the teams that will arguably supply and demand need them. All right, and I think that it, how big is the drop off between Williams and May, though? Not, not big, not big. Well, most would say it's not, Williams might have like the cooler it factor a little bit more than May marketability. Um, yeah. But if you watch the tape, uh, you know, in the next six months, you're not going to see a, a huge variance. But then there is uh, what, after those two, it's kind of a regular draft. Then like with Michael Penix and Bo Nix, who are cool prospects. But I yeah. prefer May in Minnesota for Over what Caleb. Worth. Yeah. Wow. That's I, 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 I love me about that off air. No, I, I, I love I Caleb, well. but. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that yesterday. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, North Carolina, like North Carolina, man, that gives me Trubisky flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my, my dudes, we'll talk to you in uh, one week. Getting ready for week eight. All right. All right. All right. All right, all right later. Good night, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.